0: Listener supported. WNYC Studios.
1: You're about to hear a recording of a live radio program. It's called Indivisible. You can listen live and call in four nights a week on public radio stations around the country or at IndivisibleRadio.com. You can also join the conversation with hashtag Indivisible Radio or leave us a voicemail at IndivisibleRadio.com. Subscribe now so you don't miss a thing. Okay, here's the show.
2: This is Indivisible, public radio's national conversation about America in a time of change.
3: And good evening, everyone. I'm Brian Lehrer from WNYC in New York, your Tuesday night host on Indivisible, our national call-in show for the first 100 days of the Trump administration. This is Day 89. So, we have this week and next week on Indivisible, and that's it. 100 days equals 14 weeks, 14 weeks and two days to be precise. This is week 13. So, let me thank all of you who've been listening to this show in case you're not with me next week. And I invite you to listen to my usual program on WNYC at 10 a.m. Eastern Time every weekday if you're interested. Tonight, we have two very special guests and a fair amount of breaking news. U.S. fighter jets have intercepted two Russian nuclear capable bombers near the airspace of Alaska. Now, that does not mean Russia was coming to bomb us. It probably does mean that the former bromance pals of Trump and Putin are now making public shows of male dominance against each other. Putin's bombers have flown this route many times before, but this is the first time since Trump became president. So maybe that says something. Also, Trump has congratulated President Erdogan of Turkey on his referendum victory, which gives him more power, a victory which other administration officials express concern about as a serious weakening of democracy in Turkey. Also, we're expecting results any time now. From the special election in Georgia's 6th congressional district outside Atlanta to replace Tom Price, who Trump appointed as health and human services secretary, the Democrats have been trying to make that race a referendum on Trump. We may know any time, even during this hour, how it turns out. If we do, we will certainly pass it right along and talk about it. And a Gallup poll out today contains at least one very disturbing number for the president. The percentage of respondents who say he is keeping his promises plummeted 17 points from last month, from 62 percent in February, saying he's keeping his promises, to 45 percent today. Maybe that's why the president said this at an appearance today in Kenosha, Wisconsin.
4: No administration has accomplished more in the first 90 days. That includes on military, on the border, on trade, on regulation, on law enforcement. We love our law enforcement. And on government reform. Today, we're building on that optimism, and I'm proud to announce that we are about to take bold new steps to follow through on my pledge to buy American and hire
3: American. The president appearing at the headquarters of Snap-on Tools in Kenosha as he issued executive orders for the government to buy American and hire American, as he said, in certain circumstances. After going back on his promise to label China a currency manipulator because he says China is helping with North Korea, the president is back to bashing our trading partners as getting over on us. Today in Kenosha, it was Canada.
4: We're also going to stand up for our dairy farmers in Wisconsin. And I've been reading about it. And I've been talking about it for a long time. And that demands, really, immediately fair trade with all of our trading partners. And that includes Canada. Because in Canada, some very unfair things have happened to our dairy farmers and others. And we're going to start working on that.
3: Blame Canada. You don't hear that very often out of the mouth of a president of the United States. But that was President Trump this afternoon. I believe we're on in various places in Wisconsin, uh, including I know we've had a call in the past from Kenosha, where the president was today. So let's give priority for our first phone calls tonight for our first few minutes to Trump voters from Wisconsin and super first priority to any Trump voter in Kenosha. If one happens to be listening, how much is Donald Trump living up to your expectations or how much do you think he is failing to keep his promises? Trump voters from Wisconsin, you get first dibs tonight just for the first few minutes. And then we'll bring some of you back with uh, Michael Moore later in the show, if you want to come. He came to your state today, the president did, for a reason. And coincidentally, the poll number came out today showing that steep decline in people thinking he is keeping his promises. So how much do you, if you voted for Trump in Wisconsin? Our phone number is 844-745-TALK. That's 844-745-8255. 844-745-TALK. 844 844- 745 Talk, and we'll go on to other kinds of callers later on. As for our guests, later in the hour we will have the documentary filmmaker Michael Moore. He was on our very first Tuesday Night Indivisible in week one as someone who identifies with many of the white working class voters from the Midwest who gave Trump his victory. We'll see how Michael Moore thinks Trump is doing so far at serving that base. Spoiler alert. Michael Moore mused publicly on Easter Sunday about how to make a movie that can help bring down a presidency, so we will get to that. But right now we welcome our first very special guest for tonight— April Ryan, White House correspondent since 1997 for the American Urban Radio Networks. She has gotten a lot of notoriety recently for asking good questions and sometimes putting up with various levels of verbal abuse by Sean Spicer. (laughs) We'll play one example of that coming up. April Ryan is also author of the books The Presidency in Black and White, My Up-Close View of Three Presidents and Race in America, and now At Mama's Knee, Mothers and Race, In black and white. April, thanks so much for coming on. Welcome to Indivisible.
5: Thank you for having me. It's good to be
1: here.
3: Can I start on the news of the day? Um, The president made a big show of these executive orders for the government to give priority to American workers and American-made goods, but his company still makes clothing in low-paid, developing world countries, and so does Ivanka Trump's company with their clothing lines. Why can he order other people to hire American and make a big show of it if he and Ivanka don't do it themselves?
5: That's, some very, that's a very good question, some good questions that you're asking. Um, these issues of conflict of interest have been put, these questions about it have been put to the president, and they have continued to say, we are going to do things, you know, that are that are in accordance with, with what the rules and regulations are. But you have to remember also this president is someone who reads the rules and regulations and also can um, make it work to his advantage, Um you know, if certain things aren't said in it, he'll, you know, he finds a way to make it work. Um, so we'll have to see how this plays out. I know today people were very upset with um, uh, what we're hearing about um, Ivanka Trump um, and her trademark with with China and her proximity to the Chinese uh, leader as well as her daughter singing Mandarin to the Chinese leader recently. So these are issues that are... Now that to was, let's, let's go
3: into that a little bit because it's really interesting and it's new. Ivanka Trump's company got some kind of trademark from the Chinese yeah. government on the same day <laughs> of them, yeah. she was meeting with the president of China and her father at Mar-a-Lago?
5: Yeah. Well, and, and what we're hearing is that she had been working on this prior to, um, you know, this this presidential uh, The Trump presidency, I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. But right now it doesn't look good. And so... Is it legal? um, See, that's the thing. I'm sure there will be an investigation. So, but here's the issue with this investigation. They're saying if someone is using... Their government position to further their business interests. There will be prosecution. So we have to see what comes from these investigations, and there there are investigations that are happening as we speak. So, um, and this is just the latest, and I, I, it's so new. I don't know yet. Um, you know, if there is indeed has been someone who's been investigating it you or know, what. So we're, you know, we're still looking into that. But yeah, it's it's very. Interesting. Um, these are business people, and these were not people in governance. But they are clear ethics laws and clear ethics standards. And um,
3: and we're in an uncharted we territory. We right? are
5: in uncharted territory. And uh, right now, his poll numbers are going way down. Um, people are people are watching, and they're going down. Also with. With his own party, Republicans, and um, there are people I've heard from who have buyer's remorse for these issues. Plus, so uh, we've never seen this before. Ever. So,
3: so listeners, now we're going to expand the ask on the phones and open them for anything you always wanted to ask a White House correspondent. (laughs) (laughs) Or just
5: don't ask about shaking my head, please.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Or April Ryan in particular. But you didn't have her over for dinner. 844-745-TALK. 844-745-8255. Call us to ask White House correspondent April Ryan a question at 844-745-TALK. 844-745-8255. 844-745-TALK. Also at that Kenosha appearance... The president promoted Gateway Technical College in Kenosha and the idea in general of more Americans going to vocational schools rather than to, uh, I guess, full four year colleges. Listen to this. Your
4: partnership with Snap on is a great example of why vocational education is the way of the future. When I was growing up in Queens, we had vocational schools, they were great. We don't have schools like that so much anymore, but we're bringing them back, vocational schools. These are very talented people that love that type of work, and it's great work. It really is great work. So vocational schools are going to be a big factor in the Trump administration.
3: April, I'm curious about your reaction to that. We have a shortage of manufacturing jobs in this country, such a big reason Trump even got elected. But the President wants to attract more students to education, for, I think, exactly those kinds of careers, and doesn't talk much about four-year college or student debt like the Democrats do. Is that an ideological difference, or what do you make of that?
5: (laughs) It's not necessarily an ideological um, issue. You know what it is? To some extent, Now I'm saying to some extent, Um, You know, there's been an issue when it comes to colleges, and I know I've been tracking this story, the HBCU issue, issues of Pell Grants, um, scholarships, this and and the other thing, these things are being cut or, you know, they're not um, being increased. And everything, if you look at the skinny budget versus the the full budget that is expected to come out, Mm -hmm. they're cutting everything. They're cutting, they're cutting in the Department of Education. They're not going to be putting a lot of extra money in for those four-year colleges or for those, uh, kind of, uh, placements uh, or, or, or education institutions. They're doing more towards, um, the military. So it was strategic on that, on one, on that piece. Then also, um, you know, there is a problem right now. The the numbers of people going to school are are not as um are not as high as they used to be in part because scholarships and, 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 and funding is not uh readily available. I mean you have these programs now that if you have a blemish on your credit it's tough to get a student loan. Yeah, yeah. And um so there are big issues out there. So he's I I, I don't know his thinking, but you know it, it looking at the logic um, that's what i see but um, and, and also you have to remember too, when former President um, Barack Obama was there, he was pushing innovation. He was pushing uh, trade schools. He was like they were. I remember they were going to Pittsburgh quite a bit. Yeah, and
3: to community uh, colleges. Yeah, yeah so community I, colleges. I, I yeah. guess that's. Um, I guess maybe not so different if Trump is pushing vocational colleges and Obama was pushing educa- uh, pushing community colleges. It's not
5: so different, but at the same time, what's happening? There are cuts everywhere, yeah. and the funding is not necessarily. There right right now for four years uh, for for scholarships and Pell grants larger than ever before. Like you know, we were hearing that oh they're going to give all this money to HBCUs that didn't happen. So he's I guess trying to be realistic and and make it uh, more. I guess, again, realistic kind of uh, a turn uh, for, for people who are really looking for something. Are you, wor- uh, looking for, yeah.
3: are you worried mm-hmm. about that in racial terms at all? Because there is a history in this country of, I think, kids of color being tracked to vocational tracks because the mostly white teaching corps would kind of underestimate uh, their brains in terms of, you know, their uh, potential for traditional college. You mean
2: their
5: ability, underestimate their ability or success?
3: Yes.
5: Um, <laughs> um, well, let me say this to you. Um, this HBCU situation is that's for really, people who don't
3: know. That's historically black historically colleges, black colleges and, universities. and universities.
5: It's a really big piece right now. Um, the historically black colleges and universities are having some problems, and let me explain. Let me let me go back for a minute. Sure. Some people say, "Well, why are there HBCUs out there?" HBCUs, many of them, some of the early ones, to include the the university that I attended, were built because there was no choice for black people to go to mainstream schools or schools that uh, were white Mm -hmm. institutions. It was just not, it was not legal. Um, You know, in my uh, places like Morgan State and other schools, some of them were built right after the Emancipation Proclamation uh, was put into effect. And when the Blacks in this country at that time, many of them, were not allowed to read or write. Um, it was against the law, so these institutions are sacred in the black community. They are the the pivot uh, for many young African Americans or many African Americans period or blacks in this country to get middle class income status so there's a large portion of black america that that goes to these schools to get into the mainstream, and the problem today is many of these schools are having financial issues because of the Parent PLUS loan program that now that you can't get a loan because if you have one slight blemish on your credit report, you can't get it, Pell Grant numbers are dropping. Some of these schools are having major problems. Bennett College, one of only two HBCUs that that focus in just solely on women. Bennett College needs four point five million dollars by June, so it's a real issue uh, in the black community. I mean, it's not a black versus a white thing. It's people. Uh-huh. People need education uh-huh. to move on yeah. to in their lives yeah, right? for for sustenance, financial sustenance, whether choices. it's a vocational school, whether it's a four year college, whether it's a community college.
3: Let's take a call from Moses in Washington, D.C. Moses, you're on Indivisible with April Ryan. Hi.
6: Hi. How are you doing? Good. Thanks. Um, my, my um, I guess, question or, or problem is uh, that African Americans need to take responsibility uh, for their own families and their own communities. Um, while I live in Northwest, I, I do a lot of work in Southeast D.C., and if you just look at You know what's going on. For example, the key to our success is owning our own businesses. We produce enough goods and services in this country to be the seventh largest country in the free world.
3: And just to keep this on the topic of the show, how does it relate to how Trump is doing as president?
6: Well, you know, I voted for Trump. I support Trump, but it doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is can I pay my mortgage? What matters to me, can I keep my daughter at Spelma? What matters to me, can I pay for the crown on my tooth? What matters to me, can I play golf? I'm concerned about the things that are affecting, I think, globally, but I act locally. You know, let's, let's, let's be concerned about, forget what Trump is doing, let's be concerned about our communities Getting jobs, decent but
5: band let me, jobs. But let me say, let me say this to you. I, I, I appreciate, Moses, I appreciate you. And you're absolutely right. You said, forget about Trump. But the unfortunate thing is you cannot forget about the leader of the free world, because let's say, Moses, if you have a son, there are a lot of people now who are concerned. I've heard from black and white people, Democrat and Republican, who are concerned we may be going to war.
3: And you know what? And, I hate and, to and do this, but we're, we're on a break, so we're going to take the break, <laughs> and we're going to come <laughs> back, and you can pick up right where you <laughs> left off, April. And Moses, you, okay. want, you can hold on, too, and even continue the conversation. So stay with us here on Indivisible.
2: Indivisible is supported by Blue Apron, delivering gourmet recipes, pre-selected portions, and fresh ingredients to customers' doors. More at blueapron.com indivisible.
1: This is Indivisible. The number to call is 844 745 talk that's 844-745-8255.
3: Brian Lehrer from WNYC in New York with you on Indivisible tonight. Michael Moore coming up in about ten minutes, but we continue now with American Urban Radio Network's White House correspondent April Ryan, and our caller Moses in Washington is still on the line. April, forgive me for having had to interrupt. You want to go and go ahead and finish that thought?
5: Um, again, I talk to people from all walks of life, all races, all socioeconomic levels, and, and Moses, you raised a very good point, but going back to what I was saying, war, you know, we are in we are, there's a lot of harsh rhetoric going back and forth between this country and other countries around the world. And People are very concerned about the possibility of war with North Korea or whomever, or it could be serious. I mean, we've got, we're in the midst of disagreements with a lot of countries right now, um, so, well, with several countries. I'm not going to say a lot. So here's what I'm hearing. There are a lot of people who are scared. I, there's a white woman that I know very well. And she said, and I don't even know if she supported Trump or if she supported someone else, Hillary. I don't know. Or Bernie. I don't know. Or Rand Paul. I don't know. But what she said to me is, my son is coming of age and I'm concerned. So when you say forget about Trump. He is the commander-in-chief, wait, and if he... But wait, wait let, me, pre- let me finish, Moses, wait a minute, wait a minute, Moses, I, I hear you, but when you say president, you know, we should not worry about him, dissent decrees, right. you know. Um, we got dissent decrees in other cities, you know, dealing but, but with... But what, what does issues. that
3: have to do with him paying for the crown on his tooth?
5: Well, no, 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 but he also talked, let's talk about this, he said he wants to make sure he can send his daughter to Spelman. Right. These HBCUs were talking about... Uh, getting more money, and the White House was talking about funding more money, and then that didn't happen. And right. then, you know, an ACA, that's, I don't know if you would be covered under your dental insurance from ACA mm-hmm. for crowning you. T- it does. The president is looking at revamping, repeal, right. 100% repeal and replace, or I don't know what he's trying to work with um, DEMS right now. We'll see how that works, but it does affect you.
3: Let's, so, let's go back to Moses. But, Moses, April, go ahead. The only
6: color, April, the only color in America is green. That's the only color. So I'm not concerned about, you know, my son going to war because he has a greater chance of being killed on the streets than he does being in the military. So if you look at what's I happening... I understand. I mean, I'm
5: not, I'm not trying to make this black or white, but I'm just saying you, asked, you said, if I'm correct, you said, you know, forget about Trump. I want to know this and that. So I'm giving you what, how this president, you cannot forget about this president or any president because it does impact you. It's not just about number 45. It's about all
2: of them.
3: Moses, thank you so much. I'm going to move on so we can get some other people a shot here. And let's go to Jim in Westland, Michigan. Jim, you're on Indivisible. Hey there.
5: Hi. Hi, April. Hi, Jim. How are you? I am good.
0: My main question has to do with the way that the press corps works together or doesn't work together when it comes to these press briefings with Sean Spicer and, and talking to <laughs> President Trump himself. Uh, you know, it seems like there are an awful lot of concerns that, that have been brought up concerning the Russian ties that have already been uh, proven and established, and it seems like maybe one light-hearted question will come up concerning those things and when an answer doesn't come around that that's really newsworthy it gets dropped instead of pushing for you know why doesn't the press put up more of a united front when it comes to these issues that that we already know the public is not only interested in but is demanding answers to
5: well jim the unfortunate thing is um it's fortunate but unfortunate you know everyone has a different organization that they are working for the vast majority of us do but what happens is is that if you realize the, story, the 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 question that you're asking is not going to get any traction from Sean Spice or there will is not a follow up people drop it and they move on to another issue sometimes people are not focused in on that issue you've got different News organizations in there, some for finance, some who who um, deal with foreign policy, others who deal with general news. So, I mean everyone does not have the same focus, but sometimes, um, and I believe it's more than not, that when there is an issue that we feel that we can get more on, we do kind of come together and, 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 uh, and, and ask more, or maybe if we don't, we just kind of ask to flush it out. But there is a flushing out. you may not just see it always on TV and see that's the problem with TV. You see it for that moment, but you don't know what's going on in emails to the principals at the White House. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You know, after we leave, we sometimes walk up to the press secretary's office. You don't see everything Mm -hmm. on TV. Are
3: you texting with the other reporters during the Sean Spicer briefings ever?
5: Uh, We're looking at each other's tweets and see some of the things. Sometimes we do, but... um, yeah, we do a lot of things. We send each other emails. Um, you know, we'll say, well, good, you know, good point on that question. I didn't think about it or, you know, that's interesting. I would love to see, you know, where you got that from or something, you know, I mean, but we're not like high-fiving each other. No. But, um, I know some of my seatmates and I, we, you know, look at each other like, wow, either, you know, with the answers, like, wow, he gave that or he didn't give that mm -hmm. or, and sometimes we see the tweets that people send and, um,
3: fold them <laughs> right into your questions sometimes. Tom in Atlanta you're on Indivisible with April Ryan Hi Tom
7: Hi, thanks for taking my call
3: Sure, thing. Uh, hi, April, Tom.
7: so you've served Hi, you've served uh, three presidents and when you said something about Ivanka Trump perhaps there's going to be yeah, an I'm investigation for Oh, okay for The
3: title of the book, which was written during Obama was was three, now it's four mm-hmm. but Tom, oh, I'm sorry, okay. go ahead
7: that's even more impressive, then. Uh, so the hair on the back of my neck stood up when you said an investigation about Ivanka Trump and the Chinese deal might be forthcoming. My question is, have you ever in your long career seen so many investigations that float by like clouds, like we hear about them and there's no resolution, there's no announcement, That you know, it just... It's open-ended, and I've sort of been observing politics since I was in high school, which was back Uh in the 70s. So
3: does this make Uh you think, Tom, that this is a particularly uh, suspicious administration, or that everybody is, like, too focused on investigating them and should let them do their jobs?
7: No, I think that every one of these investigations is warranted, or maybe they should all be grouped together under a big circus tent. No, but no, the no, 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 no. I don't think so. There's, I mean, me, there's no but, outcome. There's no well, announcement. Well, let me, let me say
5: this. I, he, I hear you and I understand. And see, one of the problems is, is that we are a nation who, especially now, no, we're not even just a nation globally we are people who are now able to touch everything immediately. We can see it immediately. We want immediate answers, but it's not, it has to be flushed out. I mean, we've never seen this situation that happened with Hillary Clinton. You know, um, a, a presidential candidate just before a couple days out, a couple weeks out um, before the elections, and there's an announcement of a probe into her. So, but at the same time, um, we did hear uh, at the time Loretta Lynch and, um, and Comey talk about, you know, there will be no charges and how the email situation, um, you know, she was very careless with her emails. They put a cap on that. Now these are here. You've got investigations, the FBI, you got investigations on the Hill, and they're investigating. I mean I know for a fact that there are investigations going on and they're trying to gather information. But we don't know everything and um you know we are as reporters trying to find out more but again these are investigations that's supposed to be checks and balances. The the piece of the democracy in this system checks and balances. If something is wrong, you have another branch that will try to correct it or look into it to fix it. So it is unethical for someone to be just totally um going back and forth, you know, from from, from the White House to Capitol Hill giving information, but for us, we are trying to dig to get that information
3: So um, let, let me ask you a, a follow-up plan. question about that before we run out of time, And since you've been a White House correspondent since 1997, that mm-hmm. would be the beginning of Bill Clinton's second term. If you don't yeah. mind,: If and this I saw isn't Ken too,
5: Star then, yeah.
3: If what? say it again? Ken
5: start the Ken Starr investigation. Right yeah.
3: So. If you don't mind, I'd like to ask you about presidential lying. Clinton did have a reputation as a liar. He did lie Uh under oath, which prompted Uh that investigation Uh and the nickname Slick Willy and all of that. And Uh George W. Bush, Democrats said he lied us into a disastrous war in Iraq. Al Franken's Uh book back then, you'll remember, before he was a senator, was called Uh Lies and the Lying Liars Who Tell Them. Everybody Uh looks at W with nostalgia-covered glasses now, I think. Obama said that thing about keeping your doctors, but he didn't really have a reputation as a liar. But now we have Trump just making things up out of thin air. Crowd size, wiretaps, 3 million fraudulent votes, I could go on. My question is, in your experience, is there a way to compare our post-truth presidency, as it's been called, to the past?
5: Um, let me say this. Um this president has a credibility issue, it's clear, and even Republicans are, are very concerned with it. They have talked about it. Um, you know, they they were very concerned with how he was going on Twitter and, and starting fires on Twitter, and I believe the lesson, I believe that was a lesson learned, um, but who knows. Um but looking at this president, comparing this president to presidents of the past, you can't compare them, really. But you can't you, you can't compare them when I say you can't compare. Each situation is different. I mean mm-hmm. going back to George W. Bush, George W. Bush, um, you know, the the emotions, you know, people were saying the emotions were played upon to go to war in Iraq versus dealing with Al Qaeda. But, you know, then you have people in the intelligence community who said, you know, we we needed to deal with Saddam Hussein, but not this way.
3: Yeah. So So everything, every situation is different.
5: It's very different. And Bill Clinton, that that was a whole other different issue. Um, It's all of them. Each president has something. But this issue, I mean, we're not 100 days in... And you've got low poll numbers and um, credibility issues. And we could possibly be having altercations where well, we are having verbal fisticuffs with other countries right now. We are The stakes are very high right now. And you need to be credible in your country and to people around the world because we have to have the people around the world stand with us when, when in, we, we them. decide to strike. Yes. Yeah.
3: April Ryan, so, yeah. White House correspondent since 1997 for the American Urban Radio Networks. Her latest book is At Mama's Knee, Mothers and Race in Black and White. Thank you so much for giving us this time. Good luck out there.
5: I thank you. Take care now.
3: And this is Indivisible, our national call-in show for the first hundred days of the Trump presidency. I'm Brian Lehrer. Filmmaker Michael Moore is my next guest. He was a guest with me on the very first week of Indivisible when the Trump administration was just five days old. Now, before we bring Michael back on for a Day 89 check-in, I want to play a minute of that first show when we took a call from Liam in Atlanta, a fan of both Michael Moore and Donald Trump.
0: Thank you for taking my call, and thank you, Michael Moore, for doing and being who you are and what you do. Thank you, sir. Uh, I did vote for him because I don't want the trains to run on time. I want change. I want our rust belt to be polished. I want jobs back in our country, and I do agree with the tariffs. I do agree with making these companies accountable, and it's not a national. It is an international. We are a power. We are a force to be reckoned with when it comes to manufacturing, when it comes to cars, these big conglomerates that you speak of. I'm, now I'm driving a truck and can't
3: make ends meet. And, Liam, that has to be the last word from you. Michael, Moore, does it freak you out when somebody no, 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 says, no, no. I voted no, for Trump and I not, love you?
8: No, not. No, no. I know the country. I live in Michigan. I know the country I live in. And to every anti-Trump person out there listening to this right now, please listen to what Liam just said. He voted for Trump. He gave the reasons, and there are reasons we actually agree with. He's not lost to come and vote the other way, the right way. Do not give up on your fellow Americans. Many of them who voted for Trump will end up doing the right thing. There will be buyer's remorse.
3: Liam in Atlanta with Michael Moore back on January 24th, and Michael joins us again now. Thanks so much for coming in, and welcome back to Indivisible.
8: Thank you, Brian, for having me. So
3: uh, 84 days later... Has it been better, worse, or about what you expected?
8: It's uh, it's pretty much what I expected. Um, pretty much what I thought would happen. I, I said before the election that uh, the first month or two was going to feel like um, trying to take a drink from a fire hose, and uh,
3: so much going on. So
8: much going on. So much. So much being hit with so much every single day. Um, I was talking to a friend out on the West Coast the other day, and and, uh, she said, geez, I just, when I wake up in the morning, I just, I dread picking up my phone just to see what's happened. And I thought, that's right, because if you live on the West Coast... It's already been happening for three hours. Here we just wake up. If you live from Michigan to New York,
3: and Trump starts tweeting at six in the morning Eastern. Yeah, time, so, you're, so we're
8: already we're already dealing with it, but but they actually have they have a a a, a thing they have to deal with. I think um, in the West time zones.
3: I remember you really relating to that caller, Liam. And in fact, Liam, if you happen to be listening, Mm -hmm. we'd love to check in with you on Trump's 89 Days. How much do you have the buyer's remorse that Michael Moore predicted many people like you would have? Call us, Liam, if you're out there in your truck or relaxing at home or whatever right now. 844-745-TALK. 844-745-TALK. We're going to hold the phones for the rest of you for just a second just to see if Liam is out there and wants to call up and and check in cuz he generated uh, honestly so much uh, sympathy and identification when he called in that day Liam if you if you happen to be there 844745 talk 844745 talk um and 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 Michael you know since you did relate to that caller pretty strongly uh um, i've run into many liams yeah that's what i was saying what what were you thinking that night listening to that replay well um i've been thinking about
8: these last uh, uh 10 weeks or so was it since I, I was here 11 weeks 12 weeks yep
3: 12, um, weeks, 12
8: weeks um and <clears throat> hardly a day goes by where a liam doesn't come up to me what's really interesting this time around uh when, when bush was elected nobody who voted for bush wanted to talk to me but this time I have many Trump voters stop me on the street, um, um, in the airport, at the movie theater, um, and they uh do not for some reason they don't they don't see me as the enemy, in part because they heard what I said before the election that I understood why they were angry. Now I'm talking about again the Trump voters, not the racist and the bigots and the misogynists and the crazies. I don't know. The other basket. I don't know how, yes. I don't know how to, that's, but there. that's maybe, I don't know, maybe that's 20%. I don't know how to, I don't know what to do about that. But I do believe that there are a lot of Republicans who want the same things that I want and people like me want. We want our kids to go to the best schools. We want to breathe clean air. We want to drink clean water. Just go down the list. I I think most Republicans these days... At least people who call themselves Republican don't think that a woman should make less if they're doing the same job. Mm-hmm. I mean that would be a really mm-hmm. um, basic standards for twenty seventeen. Basic standards of living in the twenty first century. So, so I believe that there is a way
3: to find um, some way to talk to and them. Ho- hold the thought, and we're going to do that right after the break. Eight four four. Seven four five talk now for anybody other than Liam who voted for Trump. Is he keeping his promises? Eight four four seven four five talk for Michael Moore.
2: Indivisible is supported by Blue Apron, delivering gourmet recipes, pre-selected portions, and fresh ingredients to customers' doors. More at blueapron.com/slash/indivisible.
1: This is Indivisible. The number to call is 844-745-TALK. That's 844-745-8255.
4: With this action, we are sending a powerful signal to the world. We're going to defend our workers, protect our jobs, and finally, put America first.
3: The president in Kenosha, Wisconsin, today announcing his Buy American, Hire High Amer- American executive order. And this is Indivisible. I'm Brian Lehrer, filmmaker Michael Moore, is with us. And we're asking Trump voters, how much do you have buyer's remorse? How much are you happy with his job performance so far here on day 89, 844 talk If you voted for Donald Trump, there is that poll number out today showing that 62% of um, the people who responded to Gallup in February thought at least he's keeping his promises, just 45% now. So Trump voters, is Donald Trump keeping his promises? In your opinion, 844-745-TALK, 844-745-8255 with Michael Moore. That event today was up your alley, wasn't it? An executive order in Kenosha on buying American and hiring American. Did you see it? Yes, uh, Kenosha is
8: the uh, the Flint of Wisconsin. Kenosha, Janesville, uh, that area down there in southern uh, Wisconsin. Uh, Paul Ryan's from Janesville. Former, yes, auto factories that have closed there many over the years. Um, look, it's offensive to me to see him there today because he is essentially using very desperate working-class people as his props. And... Um, i I think you know i haven't seen the media i haven't seen any deep media yet on what happened today, but if people were actually interviewed, that would be very interesting to hear what they have to say and how they feel about these first one hundred days because, One thing
3: that I did hear yeah. was jeff Zeleny report on c n n that these executive orders will only make a difference at the margins, and if he really wanted to push buying and hiring American for government contractors, it would take legislation, and he's not even proposing any to Congress. Right. No, no. This is All
8: of this is a show. I'm not, I'm, I take that back. When he signs a, an executive order, order in private to allow the states to defund Planned Parenthood, that's not for show. He's actually doing that. But, of course, that's something that's going to benefit women. So he's, he's going to make sure that those things, those orders have substance. The thing today and many of the other things he's done have been for show to try to keep it looking like that he's doing what he said that you know he's going to do. But I don't I, – I think more and more people are going to be – I think they probably already are. I, again, I can just tell from the people who come up to me on the street that they feel that he's not the person that he elected and there's some shame involved in that.
3: Gloria in Hillsborough, North Carolina. You're on Indivisible. Thanks so much for calling, Gloria. Hi there.
2: Hi there.
3: So you voted for Trump. Uh,
2: Yes, I did.
3: After twice for Obama, I see. Yes?
2: Yes, I did. Um, I was a Ted Cruz supporter, um, but you know, <laughs> you know Where, that where's up? the
3: overlap there? I'm just curious. If you voted for Obama twice, what draws you to Ted Cruz?
2: Um, my values have changed,
3: uh-huh. and um, you changed.
2: I uh, I'm from originally from Texas,
4: mm-hmm.
2: um, but uh, I, you know, my value system changed, and a lot of right. the things I believed and supported uh, President Obama on. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt he deviated from, and uh, I decided to uh, change party
3: change. I did not
2: want to vote for Trump, though. (laughs) I will tell you that.
3: But you did Um, when it came to it in November. And how's he doing, in your opinion? Is he keeping his promises?
2: I think he's doing uh, as best as uh, that could be expected right now. I mean, President Obama, uh, you know, he tried real hard. He had a lot of resistance. I kind of feel the same things happening here. But uh, I have to believe that it will, you know, it will improve, and I have to have hope. It's like I did with uh, the President Obama. I voted for him once, and I felt that he didn't get the support in enough time, so I voted for him again.
3: Gloria, thank you so much. Well, agree yeah. or disagree, there's, a, I think, a patriotic American who wants to see her presidents do well. Well, I
8: remember Obama, Obama was an outsider. I think that, that the, the sense of voting for somebody who you feel, well, you know, you know, Bush and these all these other people haven't done it, let's just throw this guy in. And I think a lot of people that voted for Trump were kind of like, well, I don't necessarily like him that much, but he's going he's gonna to mess things up, right. and the system hasn't helped me. And this is a middle class that has been destroyed over a period of time now. So uh, I think whoever is the next human Molotov
3: cocktail, that's what they're going to throw into the into the voting booth. Marty in Nashville. You're on Indivisible. Hi, Marty.
0: Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. This is my second time to be on in the last 60 days. And uh, Mr. Moore, I really appreciate the work you do. I'll be honest with you as a as a Republican. I never really have liked your work until I saw the documentary you did. It's called Sicko. My beginning to feel buyer's remorse is one of two things that maybe you can clarify for me. I I, I don't know if he's not going to be able to do the job because it seems as though he's trying to force what he wants to get done down people's throats. He's a, you know, and and I'm a blue collar person, you know, I'm not highly educated. Uh, But if I were president, the first thing I would do would be to try to patronize or win uh, support on both sides of the House. I, I, I wouldn't be fighting these people with every tooth and nail, I would be trying to get support. And, you know, one of the things that really got me to support Trump was, first of all, American jobs, America first. Of course, we all we all believe in that. It doesn't matter which side of the bench you're on. Secondly was that he was going to fix uh, Obamacare, and I don't know if he's not going to be able to do it because he doesn't know how to approach the parties that exist, the people that exist, the system that's there. You know, you said earlier that Obama was an outsider, and I don't think there's going to be much more of an outsider to the political circles than Mr. Trump. But uh, I'm a little confused. As my bio remorse is beginning with this. I don't know if he's going to be able to do the job because, first, everybody's fighting so hard. Secondly, his approach to what he's doing and how he's doing. You know, he did this thing with Syria. I just got sick over it. We had absolutely no business whatsoever attacking Syria over what they did to their own people. There was a better way to handle that, and it's got me leery on what's going to happen next. Do you, Maybe you, do you think that, that
3: that there's a price to be paid by you and other blue-collar workers in America because Trump is you know, spending American tax dollars on a different kind of overseas uh, adventure than you thought he should be undertaking? Do you think well,
0: he- yes, absolutely. You know, I, you know, I, I do know this. I have a friend that works in the oil field, and when when he started working on releasing the pipeline that's been held up for so long, they instantly got an eighteen month extension on their contract. I was and happy, and celebrating that. And then, you know, the whole thing with like Syria, and and it just seems like he's trying to force feed everybody. The changes that he promised, and yeah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just scared that everybody's just going to shut him out. He's not going to be able to get anything done
3: because
0: folks are trying to try resolve the
8: issue. And Marty, can I, I'm going to... Oh, can yeah, say ahead, that Marty, Marty, this is Michael. Um, thanks, thanks for what you said. And, I, you know, I think you're right about this, is that it's odd that he hasn't come in with this attitude of, you know, why don't I talk to the other side? Because there's certainly enough Democrats that will go along with some of this. Um, you know, and and those of us on the on the liberal end, we already know the Democrats are a pretty spineless bunch. So he could he could use his art of the deal persuasion, and and convince some of them to come along with him. But instead, he has spent his first uh, uh, weeks in the White House being angry and in this sort of I hate everybody, I'm going to fight everybody, and and um, exactly and and be. This is what I said the other day. I said, I've never seen such a sore winner. <laughs> it's like, dude, you won the election. Why not go
3: make some hay you know, for the country? Marty, thank you very, very much. I'm curious, Michael, how you feel about um, the Syria thing. Are you torn? Because it was another U.S. Bomb- bombing, yes. But it was also, in a way, a rare humanitarian intervention by this president who had said he didn't care about foreign human rights.
8: Well, my own personal moral beliefs do not allow me to call uh, the bombing of, of anything um, a humanitarian uh, mission. Um, secondly, I don't believe anything <laughs> that this man says at this point. Uh, this is a guy who believes and in, in, in has promoted conspiracy theories, who's promoted um, um, uh, various attitudes toward women. I don't, I, before we allow him to do anything with our military uh, it requires a debate discussion, investigation uh whatever um, and uh, you know we our military exists to protect this country. no Syrian is going to march down the main street of your town tonight so this this is not that problem um, but there is there is a bigger problem of what to do because we do care about the people there, and we do care about the refugees, but he 's already shown that he doesn 't care. Because he won't let the refugees in. He's actually, you know, now twice tried to ban them from coming into this country. So that takes away any pretext of of him caring about the Syrian situation.
3: Catherine in Kansas City are on Indivisible. Hello, Catherine. Hi. Hi there. You sound uh, surprised.
1: You yes, uh, I haven't gotten on the radio before. So kind of nervous.
8: You're in Kansas and you're on NPR
3: in Kansas oh, City, um, right? hello. So, Catherine, go, go ahead. Kids you're, a, you're a Trump voter. Yeah. Any buyer's remorse? Or how's he keeping his promises uh, for you?
1: Not really any buyer's remorse. Um, it's more along the lines that I didn't expect him to be the most amazing person for the job. But, you know, out of the candidates possible, I think I have less remorse with him than anyone else I could have picked.
8: Is, there, yeah, um, is that because of Hillary?
1: Uh, And Bernie, mostly Hillary, yeah.
8: Hmm. Yeah. But so your expectations, your bar was low to begin with, with Trump.
1: <laughs> Pretty low. So, you know, for him to hit the bar wasn't all that hard, uh, mostly because I didn't know what to expect with him. I, I felt like I knew I could expect disappointment with Hillary, and at least Trump had a chance of doing something good along with following along with some of the things I believe in with, you know, trying to pull regulations, pull them out of the way, you know, a little more freedom, even if that means a more risk-reward society.
3: Catherine, thank you so much. Adam in Philadelphia, you're on Indivisible. Hi, Adam.
2: Hello. uh, By the way, just wanted to great show and uh mr moore i don't always agree with your politics but i have enjoyed your films and thank you
8: i don't always agree with myself either
2: approach to this thank you (laughs) um i don't have a lot of buyer's remorse um at the moment uh it's only been 89 days i didn't expect him to come in like your previous caller just said to fix the world um I am kind of, I am, however, in with a lot of people. I think with how he's approached many of the uh, the issues with the other side of the aisle. Um, and as a, as a businessman, I expected him to come in with a, with an ability to talk to the other side in a very cohesive way. And some of his um, outbursts have been more detrimental than I would have appreciated mm-hmm. for someone who just became the president of the freest country in the
3: world yeah interesting people keep expecting him to make that quote pivot and he never seems to do it we've, we've just got to why but well, why should he
8: i mean he's donald trump you know <laughs> i mean he's only being himself that is the thing that you kind of actually have to appreciate about him is that he doesn't change he there, a lot of people that voted for him i think like
3: liked him because what you see is what you get Before you go, you've been getting some media attention for your post called Easter Dinner Reflections, in which you mused about making a movie with the goal of bringing down a sitting president. Is that what you're seriously thinking of doing? I was just, I was eating,
8: I just thought I didn't want any ham. And so I was just (laughs) eating the yams. And I I was just, I was thinking, you know, I really got to get back to work here. Uh, and And I've just had this burst of creativity in the last few weeks where... Um that perhaps uh perhaps another movie is in order. Um, maybe uh I don't know, maybe go back on T V, maybe join the Ice Capades. <laughs> maybe a Broadway show. I don't know. <laughs> uh but I'm I'm ready to I've got listen, I've got a lot of very um how shall we put it, uh nonviolent subversive ideas uh afoot here inside my head. And you, I think you, that you'll see some
3: of them. This you year. tried to do that before, right? I mean I remember Fahrenheit 911 which was 2004, Bush's reelection year. Wasn't that meant to help deny George W. Bush a second term? Yeah, and he was and when the movie came out in June, he was ahead by seven states and he
8: won with one, Ohio. So, I I I couldn't, I got six states. I couldn't get the last one. But um yeah, that's this is uh but this is a much bigger job. This isn't just about an election now. This is about this man has been
3: installed for four years. How, yeah. how would you compare this moment and that moment? I mean, there's a lot of gauzy-eyed nostalgia about W right now. But in 2004, he had launched this disastrous war, the yeah. Abu Ghraib torture scandal had broken, warrantless wiretapping, tax cuts for the rich, restrictions on abortion, stem cell research, anti-gay marriage referenda in several states working against Including your movie. Michigan. Yeah. So to someone with your politics, is this really worse? Uh, no, I wouldn't call it worse, and uh, no, I, I would, I would. Uh,
8: <laughs> it's. I don't think you can compare them. I think this is really, really bad, and maybe more danger. Maybe that's a better word. More dangerous right now for those of us who live in this country, uh, under a, a person who has decided to get rid of all regulations regarding uh, climate change who's decided to allow the states to defund Planned Parenthood, who's decided to... I mean, there's so many... If you look at the little things that have been happening in the various uh, departments within the administration, uh, they are doing, as Steve Bannon said, we, they are, uh, uh, as fast as they can, trying to dismantle as much as they can of our precious, beloved United States government. And that is very dangerous. And, and his belief in the authoritarian way... His praise of the new Turkish
3: president, etc. It's, it's something all of us need to be concerned about. Michael Moore, thank you so much for joining us on Indivisible. Thank you. Thank you, Brent. And everybody, thanks for listening. Quick reminder that you can hear my daily radio show on WNYC in New York or WNYC.org, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time on the weekdays. And tomorrow night on Indivisible, our Wednesday night host, Charlie Sykes, takes a look at America's opioid crisis and how it affects our national politics. And Indivisible is now partnering with StoryCorps for a new audio project to get us talking outside of our bubbles. We want you to volunteer to interview someone in your own life with whom you disagree politically. Is it your friend from high school, your aunt, maybe even your husband? Mo from Massachusetts called us on Valentine's Day to talk about disagreements she was having with her husband brought on by the election
5: probably, I can maybe foresee, I hate to be pessimistic, but perhaps the undoing of my marriage. Yeah, that sounds pretty extreme, but what we have going on is um, pretty extreme.
3: She voted Clinton, him Trump. If there's someone in your own life with whom you disagree politically and you want to talk it out over an interview, a structured StoryCorps interview, here's how to take part. Just email listen at storycorps.org. With the subject line, Indivisible Interview, describing who you want to talk to, why, and what you'd like to ask them. And we're especially looking for conservatives to sign up. Liberals have been flocking to it. We want some of you conservatives, maybe some of you called up tonight, you Trump voters, to sign up for listen at storycore.org, email listen at storycore.org with the subject line, Indivisible Interview. I think you'll have a really interesting experience. Storycore will help you record it, and you might even come on the air to talk about it next week. That'll be up to you. Thanks again for listening to Indivisible Tonight. I'm Brian Lehrer.
2: Support for Indivisible is provided in part by Emerson Collective, the Ford Foundation, and the Jacob and Valeria Langloth Foundation.
3: If you like the Indivisible podcast, rate and review it and tell your friends. And thanks for listening.